Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Wowzer, did we have a hell of a talk before this podcast started. <laughs> Trying to figure out what exactly we were going to say. And to sum it up, really, it's just going to be about beliefs and how they influence our life, how they influence our art, and just about how they affect everything. So um, we're, we're, you know, you'll see by the title about how more direct this is as we uncover this. Just so you know, we've already been talking for probably 40 minutes or an hour, just digging into stuff. And we'd love to share with you what we uncovered. But as we do on Wednesdays, we're a little more organized. Yeah, so or at least we try to be. Try to be. And have some kind of a topic. And yeah, so we're, we're starting with beliefs. Yeah. Beliefs. It's very general. We've gotten to a lot of things just over the, yeah, just chatting this last 45 minutes or so. Um, and then eventually it just reached a point where it's like, well, let's, let's just go. Let's yeah. start and it will, it will unfold as it, <laughs> as it will. <laughs> Well, so, um, you know, for, for me, like one of the, the big shifts for me, and actually I think why this topic came up for, for me was that I was watching that documentary. It's on Netflix right now. We'll, we'll put a link to it called A Requiem for an American Dream or Requiem for an American Dream. And Noam Chomsky has a bunch of interviews. They're basically a couple hours. And he talks about how basically 10 principles of wealth and power and how that's, uh, influenced our lives and, and, and all of this. And if you get to the end of it, I highly recommend people watch it, but you start to see how in many ways we've been programmed to believe certain things because, um, of people who are in power and people who have money and they want as a general society for us to be controlled. And if you look back through history, people used to be more controlled by physical force and more so by fear. We're still actually quite controlled by fear. But what is is wild now is in our advanced culture, people basically won't put up with violence and they won't put up with stuff like that. But we can believe things. And if we believe it and we don't even question our beliefs and we don't know why we believe it, it's the it's the most innocuous way for someone to control us because they can use the very belief we have to get us to do what they want. And unfortunately, these beliefs have permeated through a society and we live as though they are a certain thing. And, and they are, I, I'll just do an example just to start. For example, with individualism, if I can convince you that you're free inside your jail cell, then I have you trapped in your jail cell so long as you feel free within it. So what mm-hmm. in many ways our society is set up in many ways where we are free within our own prison cells and our own prison cells are our own individual prison cell, but we feel free and we feel I have our stuff inside yeah. of it. And this is greatly limiting because we, we like it, the comfort of our cell, but when we try to get out and we can't because we bought into the, we don't even know why we're trapped. And then we wonder why we can't have our dreams. Yeah. And I think that, uh, a lot of times those, those cells, we are, are self-inflicted to mm-hmm. a large degree as well. I mean, certain like, while uh, self-made I, self, self-made jails, yeah. um, <laughs> that we've bought into. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a really, 
especially for creatives and, and for artists, uh, it is very important that we look at the things that, that we believe. And it can oftentimes, it can be hard. It can be hard to look at that because oftentimes like they're just so ingrained in us that we don't even think to look there. No. You know, we don't think to question these things or how do you even like, it's not like there's necessarily like a list of beliefs that you can, you can just go through (laughs) and be like, okay. And, and whatever it's, it's a little bit harder to, to pin down beliefs, if you will. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is that the, the, the beliefs that often trap you are the things you really think you really want. They're not, you know, that's the, that's the, that's how advanced our, our culture has become is that we're, we're not trapped by things we don't want. We're trapped by the things we do want. So, you know, or we think that we want, or we think we want. Yeah. Or we're, we're taught to believe we should want. Yes. Um, and you know, you might not actually want that stuff, but you, you never question it because you're kind of indoctrinated into this, you know, into this model. And, um, yeah. And I think what ends up happening is in a way, um, by getting people to have an ego, by getting them to be self-defined and individual and to say, I'm different than this person. I am, un- I am unique and I'm special and I'm whatever and I need to look out for me. In many ways, that, that model of thinking is the very thing that kind of separates people from each other. And in a, in a way, like, it, it, you know, people throughout history have advanced because of the help of other people. So, if your ego stops you from getting help from other people or it undermines the help people give you or it sabotages it or it makes them less than just just think about it it's going to probably hurt your success because we succeed with each other we don't actually succeed alone as much as we like to believe that but in our culture today people are taught to believe that they're special that they will succeed on their own that you don't need other people and you know technology supports in many ways our belief. Okay, well, I have my iPhone, my iPad, my whatever smartphone, you know, it doesn't have to be all Apple <laughs> gets yeah. the rap for this, but basically <laughs> we, you know, we have our own apartments, our own house, our own stuff. And all of this becomes kind of defining us. And we don't realize that like this, this is our cell in many ways, the, the, the things that are ours. And that's not, I'm not saying it's a problem to have your own stuff. I'm just saying that materialism in many ways is actually what limits you because for example, if you're scared to lose all your things, if you're like, if my house burned down today and I don't know what I would do, that's a, that's, that's a good check mark. I think that's a good pointer because what matters is that you will be around. This stuff was all an addition of you. Right. And in, in many ways, you know, like one of the movies I love fight club, he loses mm-hmm. all his stuff and then he's free in a way. Right. He's well, you know, whatever, but he's free of it in his, in his world because all of that stuff was kind of trapping him in a way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just kind of, it's, it's, it's a, it's a seed to start the whole talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, in fight club, the line I remember from that is that, um, your stuff ends up owning you. Yes. And that, that always stuck out to me in that. And so it, you know, it, it comes down to me about, um, again, like all of this external stuff, like our, our, like this belief that, we need this validation that we need this approval. We need to have this house, this car, this, all of this, these things, we need accolades from people. We need people to reaffirm us that like in, in what we're doing. And, and at the end of the day, 
it doesn't seem to be making people that much happier living their lives that way. So it comes out, and we've been talking a little bit about this for the last little while. I feel like we talked about goals a few episodes back and, and the types of goals that we set for ourselves and how we set those types of goals. And it's, I, I don't know necessarily where I'm taking this, but I, it's this belief of, of external, of external reward, especially as artists and creatives, isn't, isn't going to assist you in any way. No, I don't think. No, I, you know, you were talking a little bit earlier in our pre-talk about fighting, right? And I think that what ends up happening is we want these things so bad we're willing to fight for them. And then we basically create a life of fighting. We create a life of, I got to fight for this. I got to fight for that. And your life becomes the fight, right? And, it, uh, you know, Tony Robbins and, and actually some other personal growth uh, talkers speak about this, but he'll, he'll mention about like, how do you see your life? You know, your life, you know, life is, is a stage. Life is, is a playground. Life is a, life is a dungeon. Life is whatever. So the way you frame your life is the way you'll live it. And so in a lot of ways, if you say, well, you know, I don't really like doing this thing, but I need to do it. I need to do this thing so I can get this. So I'll be happy. Well, if you don't like to do it, and you're doing it because you're like, this is, I have to do this to get the thing I do want your experience of your life. The way you're going to live your life is going to, it's going to kind of suck. Right. Whereas we don't realize that we can enjoy everything we do. It really doesn't matter what we do. Like, you know, you could be uh, mowing the lawn and you could be, you know, totally happy, or you could be taken out of the trash and be totally happy. But what, what we have these, we have these kind of, uh, these ways in which we think, oh, well, if I get this, then I'll be happy. When this thing is done, I'll be happy. She don't understand in a lot of ways that, you know, it's, it's this process. And I think the needing to be done is kind of what reinforces somehow our identity. Like if I accomplish this, I am so-and-so I, you know, I get this recognition. I am this person. My life's easier and somehow I'm better. It's like, you were okay before it was done. You didn't need it to be better, but we don't see that. We're, we bought yeah. into this belief of chasing things and getting things that will be happy then. And we have these ideas of what we think happiness looks like. We're like, well, happiness looks like this. But how can you, I mean, if you recount the, some of like the happiest moments in your life, I would imagine most of those were probably pretty unexpected. You know, you, it was the result of, of a, presence of where you were and what was happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, but then we go back to our lives and, you know, we continue this pursuit. like, okay, I've got to, you know, I've got to move ahead. I've got to get the edge on this, on like the, the, the people who are coming up next with me and I've got to find my way to maneuver and this and that and whatever and, and fight, Mm -hmm. you know, and fight for, and, and it makes you just question the whole damn game, mm-hmm. like the whole game, it makes you question. It's like, is, well, is that, is that fight making you happy? Mm-hmm. Is fighting making you happy? And, and I think that this is what we're talking about. Like as, uh, not just as, as artists, but as people like that's, isn't that really what this is all about? Aren't we all really just trying to be happy in our lives, doing the things that we love to do? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, the first place to begin 
is 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 if there's a place in your life that you're unhappy, there's a belief there that is causing that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's that's exactly what I think we're getting at here is is how you know, you have these beliefs. If there's anything you believe you're unhappy about, that's, that's a belief you, you want to look at. And I think also, do you, when you say, I need to do this thing to be happy, that's something you want to check as well, because you don't need it to be happy. You might really, really enjoy playing golf and you like doing it, but you don't need golf to be happy. You don't need golf to be in a state of joy. You might want to do it. But I think where it becomes a problem is when there's something else you want in your life, but you're like, well, I'm going to go watch TV because, you know, I need to feel good right now. You know what? It's been a really hard day or whatever. I need to watch TV so I feel relaxed, but it's like, you don't need to, (laughs) you know, so you like it. And I think this is our other point we're getting into how beliefs create sometimes distractions. You know, it's like, there's nothing wrong with watching television, but if watching television is a distraction from something else, then it is kind of becoming a problem because now you're just basically creating your beliefs, creating uh, avoidance strategies. Yeah. Well, it's like, and that becomes an abuse of its own. Like there's alcohol abuse, there's drug abuse, and they are all to a degree to, uh, and to escape your own reality Mm -hmm. because you find your own reality to be dissatisfying. And, you know, and the thing is, is that if you want to actually find some real happiness. I, I mean, this is, <laughs> I, I can't say that I've figured all of this out, but you know, in terms of the direction, I think that like for myself, I need to go in my life and that, that people, people will, will begin to start heading in this direction. I think people are actually heading in this direction, but the, the more somewhat, it seems more difficult to do, but it is actually examining those beliefs, but distraction is just so much easier and so much more readily available. I mean, you flip something on, you don't have to think. Whereas looking at your beliefs that are not making you happy, which make you actually really take a look at your life, that is a scary thing to do Mm -hmm. for us. Where it's a terrifying thing for us to do, which... I mean, that's maybe something that I would like to people to try and shift their beliefs around right like today is that like, that isn't a scary thing to do. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, um, you know, like just for example, this podcast, I mean, people probably would listen to it for different reasons. I mean, some people listen to it for, you know, maybe some entertainment, maybe they like our personalities or whatever and, and whatever. Some people are looking at it maybe for personal growth. And then there's a whole variety of other variations of that. But I think in this in this podcast, I mean, I think what we're talking about is, it's kind of a call to action for personal growth. It's kind of a, uh, you know, and I think as you, you and I talk about it, we'll take away and, and do this ourselves. But if your, if your whole life is a distraction, you know, I think it's good to start with the question. If your whole life is a distraction, then what life have you lived? You know? And I think that if you, if you, if that lands with you in any way, you got to look at it and go, okay, well, I don't want my whole life to be a distraction. So then you can start to identify where am I distracted? Where do I let myself get distracted? And you know, I, I personally am someone who's been an advocate my whole life for really believing that, 
you know, we need to have dreams and we need to take action towards them and we need to be relentless and we also need to be um, unapologetic about it. But I also have found that the world really likes to tell you that dreamers are fools and dreamers, you know, are silly and, and that, you know, and that we're out of reality when we dream. And I, I just, I don't buy that because I think that if we knew what reality really was, we'd realize it was so simple and, and almost kind of quite boring. Like, it's like reality is simple things like, you know, there's gravity, like I'm stuck to the ground here on earth. Like that's, that's your reality. But like your reality about can somebody, you know, who came from like, you know, the suburbs or from like, uh, you know, came from, you know, the ghetto, can they succeed and become something big, you know, and, and can they become the president of the United States or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like to say that that's not in reality is to- you're, you're, you're not connecting reality. That is out of reality. That statement is a belief that is out of reality because yes, it is possible. The way in which it's possible might be more difficult than from someone who came from a privileged family. Yes, but difficulty doesn't factor into reality. That's, yeah. that's not, those aren't the same things. And I think that um, like someone who is audacious enough to dream understands that reality and difficulty are not synonymous with each other. So these are why I think beliefs have a big problem in our lives because we're taught to believe certain things that we're taught are reality and they're just not. Yeah. You know, this is, this thing is, is more difficult. This thing isn't, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves about our own lives and, and yeah, the, the effects that that can have on our lives is, is extraordinarily profound, which is why it's it's so important to take, to take a look at them. And, you know, there's, you know, I think that the reason why we don't want to look at our beliefs, these things is that, you know, we're afraid that it's somehow going to say something about us that it's, you know, we're, we're, it's going to make us feel like we're garbage or, you know, that, you know, it's going to affirm some of our deepest fears about ourselves, you know, that we maybe allow ourselves at you know, brief moments to like, to think about. And, you know, that's not what this is about. You know, like for me, it's, you know, I think that when you begin looking at your life, like taking stock of things in, in your life, where you're happy, where you're not happy and, and the beliefs that you are carrying with you that are contributing to that, it always, you have to come into it with a place of, of forgiving yourself for whatever it is that you feel, you know, you're guilty about, Oh, I'm too lazy. I'm, you know, I, I procrastinate or, you know, I'm kind of a bitch to people or I'm, you know, all of these things that we, that we tell ourselves that, that we carry this guilt that make us say that we're not worth having these things. And then we re and then we create these beliefs around that that just reinforce that. Let's say it's like, okay, yeah, you know what? You're not a good person, you know? So, uh, that means that this sort of thing just isn't possible for you because, and then that because list just turns it into something completely different, completely different. It's just like, well, you know, like it's the, uh, it's the corporations and it's the, 
you know, and it's the government and you know what? It's the way I was raised. And you, and you know what? It's my boss. It's my boss. My <laughs> boss is a real prick. And you know, I and you know what? It's because I was never, you know, I never had money growing up and blah, you know. You can you can just go on and on and on and on and none of it's true. No. It's a, it's a, it's all a story. I mean, you, you know, I think you stumbled upon something really good here. It's all a story. And it started with a label, which is that I'm lazy. Well, no, you're not lazy. You've been lazy. You've had periods in your life where you've been lazy. It doesn't make you lazy. You're not, you're not like when we look in the dictionary and we find lazy, you're not, there's no picture of you. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I bet you there's someone who's been lazier than you. And you know what? It might've been me. <laughs> but, uh, but the thing is, is that we, we are taught to label. We're taught to categorize and we're taught these are messed up beliefs. Cause like a human being isn't a category. A human being isn't a label. Like, and then we, we don't just label ourselves. We label other people and, and it's really terrible, you know, like, um, and you know, they teach this, uh, they teach us in school, at least in, in some courses I know, and they teach it in psychology, but about how, like, if you call a kid a punk at a very early age, that kid can grow up believing they're a punk and then they'll start to exhibit behavior like a punk because that's the label that they've taken on. And I think what's really, really important for us is like one of our foundational or, or fundamental belief flaws is that we allow labeling in our culture. You know, and, and labeling is, um, it's, it's fine if you want to call that a teacup, you know, or you want to call that a coffee cup and you want to call this other thing, a, you know, a mug and whatever. And there's these labels for these inanimate objects so that we can simply describe them and understand what each, each other mean. Yeah. But if I describe you as you're the lazy guy, that is a huge problem now because now I've, I've literally limited your entire identity into this. And the thing is, is like, this is part of the forgiveness process of changing our beliefs. I think we need to go, yeah, I've been lazy. I've been lazy. I've, I've done this thing. You know, it's not my best moment. It's not my best behavior. I, I, I knew at the time there was things that I could have been doing that are more productive, that I valued more. Um, but in that moment, you know, I was lazy at that period of my life. I was lazy for those decades of my life. I was lazy for, you know, you could be, it doesn't matter how old you are. You could be like, you know what? It, you're not someone who, who gave up on your dream. You were someone who put something ahead of your dream for a period of your life, but that can all change today. Your belief, you're not tied to the beliefs you used to have either. You know, this is that this is the problem with beliefs is that we 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 live them like they're a thing. It's like, no, you just temporarily I used to believe in Santa Claus. Used to believe in Santa Claus. It was a temporary point in my life where that occurred. I'm not and I could say, well, I was foolish for believing in that. Most people will be like, oh, I'm you're a such an idiot, man. I can't, <laughs> well, you know, here, can't let me believe just... I believed in that big fat man. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to get a little bit vulnerable. My parents were really good about it. Like really, really crafty. And I think I was a slow kid, <laughs> but I believed in Santa Claus till like nine. I was like one of those late bloomers. Maybe some people believe in them longer. I don't know. But I remember when I was like, it was coming, it was starting to come to reality. I was like, fat man down our chimney. He's delivering presents to everybody. I'm like, there's things are not lining up. And I remember telling my mom, and this was before the Christmas when I was nine. And I remember saying, I just, I don't know about the Santa. 
And my mom was like, oh, really? And it's like, she was just so good about, like, yeah. kind of, like, keeping the thing going. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, things aren't lining up, Mom. <laughs> and then when, I, when, when, when Christmas came, I don't know what it was. There was some clue, some point, some definitive factor. And I was like, he's not real. <laughs> I was so pissed <laughs> off. I was like, what an idiot. And I was telling my, my brothers were older. Everybody was in on it, you know? Like, oh, there yeah, was no yeah, one yeah. else... I was the last to know because I was the littlest, right? I was the youngest. And, um, yeah, I mean, you could, you know, and, and, and the thing is, is I think for me, the reason why I believed in it longer in a way is because I had more people I trusted kind of convincing me that it was so, but I could look at it and be like, Oh, I figured out Santa Claus was real when I was nine. That must mean I'm a dumb, I'm a dumb, I'm a dummy. I'm a dumb person. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is like that might, it might've been dumb. People could say that or whatever, but it was period. Now it's over. It's done. I'm a new person. You know, I've learned and grown from it. This is the problem with our beliefs. I think we have a belief at one point and, and then you have a belief out of a belief and then we carry that on into our life and somehow define ourselves by it. Yeah. I mean, cause you can create new beliefs. Mm-hmm. You don't have to continue on with that belief. But the first thing is, is that you have to know that you carry that belief with you. And it doesn't, it's not a problem that you believed it either. Like it's yeah. not a problem that you believed in something and you change your mind about it. That's, yeah. You know, it's like, for example, you might have, I mean, here, let's go extreme. You might have been racist for a period of your life and you might start to realize, hey, like, I don't, I don't know if that's a good quality. I don't want to admit that I was once racist. You have to forgive yourself for that and say, you know what, for a period in your life, that made sense. And if someone else is racist, don't make them bad about it or sexist or whatever, for whatever reason it doesn't make them a bad person because if their belief changed and you met them and you never knew about it, you wouldn't think they're a bad person. So beliefs, they don't, they don't lock us into something forever. No, mm-hmm. no. I think that's a really important point. Um, yeah. And, and this whole, you know, we've all heard the, the expression before. Oh, most people I'm sure have heard the expression. Um, you know, we're, we're all human beings in training. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> right? Like it's like, but it's true. It's so like we were, we were born to no, no necessarily will of our own as far as we know. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like to this reality, it's like, we were just, we were born, we were thrown into this world. People did the best they could to raise us. And then, you know, we started to venture off like as we went into school and whatever, being out in the world on our own right? To, to some level and just having experiences. I mean, that's the actual reality of what our, our lives have been. We were born, we were thrown into the world. We've had experiences. The rest is all how we decide to frame that Mm -hmm. to others and to ourselves, but that's completely to our own making. Well, and I think also, I mean, and and we got to be really careful about not to make excuses and blame other people, but People, no, people no. have influenced us. You know, there's, there's, there's ways in which society is set up to influence us to do certain things. And, um, you know, yeah, we chose to take that on. We didn't have to choose to take it on, but basically also you have to remember that, y- you know, we've all been filtered and, and given information that is skewed from like day one. Um, so wherever you grew up, I mean, some people maybe came from, you know, they had maybe really affluent parents and, and, and great mentors around and stuff like that. And they had, in many ways, they had a bit of an advantage in the sense that they weren't, 
they weren't locked into these, uh, into these beliefs that are being pushed on, you know, or that are like kind of almost backwards thinking. Right. But for the most part, for the, for most of us, we, we have to, we have to overcome the limiting beliefs our parents had, the limiting beliefs people around us had, our teachers had, things like that. And it's not to make them wrong for having those limiting beliefs, but understanding that they came from their own set of limiting beliefs from their teachers and parents and whatever. And, and what, you know, it's funny because, you know, there's like the doomsday people. It's like, oh, the world's getting worse. It's, it's going to hell in a handbag. And, and when people say, it, I'm like, actually, no, if you actually look at the statistics of the world and the way that we're actually interacting in many ways, we're getting way, way better. We're getting way more intelligent. We're evolving past so much. I mean, you know, people are way more accepting in many ways, but, but in other ways, because of the technology of our culture and the comfort of it, in many ways, we're regressing because we're becoming more individual because we don't have to rely on each other anymore. I mean, if you look at our parents in many ways, like, and our grandparents, they had to rely on each other a little more because, um, you know, for most communities and most societies, you kind of had to, I mean, but now people kind of don't have to as much anymore. You can get your education through the computer. You don't need other people so much. So you think, yeah, I mean, there's like, there's a degree to which there's the personal social interaction where you had to be more face to face with people all the time. And, you know, it's, I, I don't know if it's necessarily any better or worse. Like there, there's yeah, different, there's different traps for everything, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that now there's certain things that are, have, have actually, there's a lot of things that have improved, you know, like our, our technology, while it's also created the, the potential for us to be more isolated, it has also given us the potential to be more connected than ever as well right? Like where that, that does exist. And also it has provided like, yes, there are certain ways that it has cut us off from having to interact with, you know, certain people, but that's not necessarily always such a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like at once upon a time where you had to go to, you know, the local person to buy your flower or whatever, and that could have been their house you know, like they milled flour on their farm or something. And you had to go and you had to go to the, I don't know, the Clancy's. You had to go to the Clancy's to get Robert your flour. And, and you can't stand the Clancy's. And every single time you go over there, they want it like you're there for two hours and they're like, <laughs> right. So there's, there's that sort of thing you don't have to deal with either. Right. But yeah. which I'm sure there was like, speak to a grandparent. I'm sure I could talk to my grandparents and say, it's like, was there someone that like you just had to deal with because they provided a service to you? Yeah. (laughs) And you had to deal, you just had to deal with them (laughs) even though you didn't, you couldn't stand them. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know, there, yeah, there's pluses and minuses to, to it all. I think, um, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, the convenience of in availability and all that stuff, has created certain things that have been really good. And in certain ways it has, it has, um, it, you know, we, we don't have to interact as much anymore. So, you know, in certain ways it's created certain individualisms that have, that create kind of a negative part of our belief. But I think what, um, we also want to remember too, is that there are people in the world who benefit from people believing a certain way. Like, uh, for example, um, in school, 
if you believe that if you break rules and you don't get good grades, that your life is doomed, you know, that you will, you know, you'll be a failure in life. And, you know, so if you believe this, then teachers have a lot of control over you and they have a lot of power. But if you are someone that goes, you know what, these grades are just a letter on paper and they don't really matter. And in fact, I realize that I like education and I, I like what I'm learning, but I don't need your certificate to succeed in the world. If you, if you realize that, and you also realize that the rules are arbitrary, that some of them actually don't make sense and you're willing to shout, you're not going to be very good for their system because you're not going to just listen and they're not going to have a lot of power and authority over you. So you have to remember that certain people want you to believe certain things because then they'll be able to benefit off of that. And when you're dealing with the masses, a mass of people, and you're not dealing with individuals. And this is kind of why I actually, I'm going to get to this in a second, why I think things should change more from teacher to mentorship. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should actually go back to mentorship because I think things were more mentorship in the beginning. But, but the problem with teaching is teaching has been abused in a certain way because now we got, you know, you cram 30, 35 students into a classroom the teachers are get one hour or one hour and 15 minutes or whatever to deal with these students. You know, I mean, just how many minutes can you give to each student if, you know, they're all crammed in this class, right? So now you don't know them personally. Now, what are the students you're going to like the most? You're going to like the ones that are listening to you, that are following, that are doing the work. You're not going to like the ones that aren't doing the work, that whatever, you know, it's going to be more difficult. So now, basically you have a, you have a thing where they want you to believe fall in line yeah why can't you just be like everybody else brandon <laughs> i know like that one teacher who told me like yeah just do what everyone else is doing because for him that was the easiest thing right he didn't he you know he doesn't realize the detrimental effect that that has on my belief system as a kid but he just wants me to do what everyone else is doing because he wants the easy way so for him yeah. Dealing with me was if if Brandon, my difficult student, does everything everyone else does and just follows the pack, then then he's not trouble for me anymore. So basically, he creates creates a follower. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, let's just say that I'm I'm not I, I'm not as uh, advanced as the other kids. You know, whatever we might be the same age, but maybe I'm not getting it or math or whatever the heck we were studying was not my, my best subject. You know, I'm better at drama and I'm better at the craft things, whatever. Yeah. So now I'm, uh, I'm at the back of the pack in this class. Well, basically what ends up happening is a kid that's not proficient in a certain area now starts learning lessons and starts getting belief systems bred into them that are basically things that are not good for their future. Whereas like, what, what you'd probably really want to happen is you'd really want to happen is you go, okay, well, this kid's struggling. These kids have it taken care of. So I'm going to spend a little more time and go like, what's not working for you? What, what's, what's the issue here? You know, well, I don't really like math or I don't really see what the point is. And then they go, oh, okay, well, let's talk about that. You know, like, um, you know, this, you know, here's some things like, why do you think you're studying math or blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, you know, they're helping you. Right. But we have a system in many ways where it's set up, like I, I can't deal with all these kids. So, and I don't even think the teacher's like, I don't think he's a bad person, but I think for him in that moment in that, in that time of his life, he was just like, I just want this to be easy. I'm stressed out. I get too many kids to deal with and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Whereas like if, if we go back to mentorship, if we went to that model, you would have, you know, kids would be mentored. And even if you had, say, 
you know, what do you take the best kid in each subject and then that kid becomes a mentor for a group of other kids or something, you know, or, or, you know, get parents to help out or get whatever yeah. so that kids are getting actual one-on-one, you know, and, and my point is, is that there's many reasons why people want us to conform. They want us to believe certain things. And unfortunately those conforming beliefs are very often the very things that stop us from having our dreams and stop us from having what we want. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's why, um, you know, the, the world of coaching, you know, like personal coaching has become, has been blowing up. Yeah. Like becoming huge. It's the new mentorship. Yeah. You know, people like there's something that, that people didn't get at a deep fundamental level, which is kind of a sad thing. You know, it's just like, here's all of these, like, for the most part in the Western world, we all got an education, you know, like we, we went through the school system and we're walking out of it and being like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about so much of this, about any of this. And now there's this new brand of mentorship called coaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it deals in, at least in my experience of coaching is that it deals with beliefs Mm -hmm. is it's really examining the things that you think about yourself and about the world. Yes. And basically dismantling that, taking that all apart and saying like, Hey, do you see how, like, like what makes this true? What makes this true? This like, you know, yes, you had an experience that, that made you come up with this, but you still came up with it. Like that doesn't, there's no reality to it. Mm -hmm. There's not necessarily any truth to it whatsoever. Other than the fact that you keep on reinforcing it to yourself. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think like, I I love the fact that there's more coaches and, and people coming out, but there's also a downside to that, which is that you have people who Um, are doing it for ego. They're doing it because they want to be a big deal and they want to have some authority or they just want to make a lot of money and they don't really care about how they're helping. So they're, you know, and and so I think that that's the buyer beware situation. You know, if you're going to work with a coach and a mentor, you know, people aren't as standardized in that respect. I mean, people didn't have to go through a traditional education. So, you know, it's like, uh, it's like kind of the problem with uh, film producers right now in this day and age where, anybody can call themselves a film producer, but very few people actually are film producers. So in some ways, what we need to learn to do is we need, there's more available, but we need to start to have a better identification of, you know, who's teaching us and where we, and and critically think about, is this person who's guiding me, you know, do they, um, you know, do they really, uh, I don't know, like, like, kind of, I, I, that's why I always, my belief is that if you have a coach and, and the thing I like about coaching is a coach is supposed to kind of push you to do more than you think you would do. But if a coach is telling you to do something, actionable things, and you go and you do it and you actually do it and you get results that, you know, you see, oh, this works, right? Then, you know, you can verify for yourself that this coach is giving you good information. But if a coach is teaching you just theory and just ideas mm-hmm. that you can't actionable, that to me stinks of bullshit because, you know, there's a, I don't know, there's a local talk around, you know, and I, I, I hear some of these people talk and I'm just like, yeah, but you're like, especially when people talk about relationships, I'm like, okay, but give me some actionable steps. Give me something that I can actually test if what you're saying is actually like legitimate. But I think like sometimes people 
want to kind of get up on stage, they want to talk because they want to be a big deal. And I, I think that that's where that actually poisons the model that we have. Because, um, you know, I think it's good that people are going into business on their own and, and, yeah. and sharing their knowledge and their wisdom. But if they're doing it from a place of genuinely trying to help and genuinely trying to like, you know, say, okay, well, I want to make more money, but I also want to help people. That's good. But if they're doing it because they're like, I want to be a big deal. I want to be special. I want lots of people to like me. That's uh, you know, that, that can be a bit of a problem. Right. So I think like, you know, whoever we get to lead us or mentor us or coach us, we need to be mindful because they're also going to impart their belief systems onto us. Right. And if they have a big ego, they're probably going to impart their ego belief system on mm-hmm. us, which is kind of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is, is that with a coach, you get to pick them. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or fire them. Or fire them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this has been... I'm liking where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, uh, um... <clears throat> oh, there's Charlie. Um, so, uh, that's my cat, for those of you who are just tuning in first-time listeners. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so belief systems. So, like... Um, I, I don't know. I think, you know, what we could do is, is since we, I kind of just put it, I just put myself on the spot. We can give some people some action steps and ways to actually challenge their belief systems. You know, maybe post some questions that, you know, you and I, you or I have worked through to alter our belief systems and actually like progress, you know, like, um, for example, here's a question. What are you scared of? Why are you scared of it? And if you know it's good for you, why aren't you doing it? you know, are you going to let fear dictate your life? You know, so right now, if I ask those four questions, that can help you alter your belief system. Because right now, you have to understand that if you're not doing something you know is good for you, that you know advances your dream, that you know whatever, but you're doing because you're scared of it, just, just think about what does that mean that you believe? Right? That means that you run your life based on your fear, not based on your dream. So let's just change that quick little belief, right? Quick little belief. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> let's look at that. Begin to shift that. Begin to shift that, right? So if you started today, literally going, I'm scared to do this thing, but I know if I did it, it would be good for me. If today could alter that belief and you were willing to act on that step and say, I'm going to do this thing I'm scared of because I know it's good for me. And it's just that I'm scared you're going to change your life a little bit. You're going to start to change your belief system into believing that fear doesn't dictate what you do. Your dream dictates what you do. And that, that's how I think we do this, you know, in many ways, right? Yeah. Or at least it can be the thing that dictates what you do. It's a starting point. Yeah. It's a starting point. It's, it's yeah. As, as fast as your, as your fear will allow you to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, it's interesting, like, you know, these beliefs we have, here's another thing is like, um, are you, are you doing anything because everyone else is doing it? And are you doing it because you really want to do it? Or are you doing it because you're doing it to fit in? Or are you doing it for some reason that is outside? And then whatever that reason is, why are you doing it for that reason? Yeah. Why are you, why do you feel you need to fit in? You can take this, you can take this in so many other ways too. You can go like, like, do you, if you don't like your job, for example, why are you doing that job? Well, I do it because I need to make money. So that presumes that there's no other way to make money. Well, I don't know any other way to make money. Okay. Well, why don't you know any other way to make money? Well, 
it, I, there's no other jobs. Have you looked into it? Have you figured out all the availability? Have you talked to every friend you know? Have you reached out to other people you don't know and asked them if there's other things to give you ideas even of what you might be able to do other than what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden you go, wow, I never even thought of that. But the problem is, is that you've been bred into a society that's taught you to not think. It's, been t- it's taught you to only have one option. Yeah. And then you're controlled because you only have one option. You have to conform to your one option or to say like, what's your dream? Like, it's like, why don't you think you can make money doing that? Sure. Like why, like, why is that? Well, yeah. Like what, what is to prevent you from starting to pursue your dream, doing that thing and to actually be making an income? If, if money is the issue, why don't you think that that's possible? And if it's, and I mean, and that's so important. I mean, if that's your dream, and if you ever plan on pursuing that dream at some point, you got to start to, you, you got to know how to do that. Not just not only know how to do that, but you need to know that that's actually possible mm-hmm. on an actual, like on that belief level that says like, no, that is possible for me to actually do this and make a living doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's never going to be necessarily an ideal situation for that to happen. No. And I, you know, I think about like, uh, you know, for the actors, it's like, um, you know, do you believe that the only way to have an acting career is to audition? And a lot of people do. They, they believe that, well, I have to audition to get parts, to get roles. And it's like, well, are there any other ways other than auditioning in which you could help to facilitate launching your acting career? And then people start to go, well, I could make a movie, but then I'd just be making a whole bunch of short movies and I never. So there's a belief problem right? There's an issue. You believe that if you go and start making films that, you know, it'll be a really long time before you start making money. Or if you write a script, it'll never, the problem is, is that the belief's there. So you'll never do it because you believe it to be true. And it's not to say that there isn't some validity to it, but the problem is, is that where did you get that belief from? Did you get it from actually doing it and actually investigating everybody? Or did you get it because it's kind of hearsay? You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people have these beliefs that are kind of just common hearsay beliefs. Yeah. It's something that's not even from an actual experience. It's just like, it's, it's been told, you know, it's been passed from one person to the next, to the next, and next thing you know, it's, you know, purple monkey dishwasher, <laughs> purple monkey, dishwasher. purple monkey dishwasher, it's like telephone tap. Well, yeah. Yeah. A little, okay. little Simpsons shout out oh, right okay. there. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that reference. Oh, I yeah. have Simpsons. Oh, that's a classic one too. <laughs> but it was, it was telephone. Telephone tech. It was telephone. It was like, Oh uh, yeah, that's, and that's a, that's a really great point. I mean, is that our belief, a lot of our beliefs are based on telephone tech. They're based on the fact that someone, someone stated a belief or someone observed a belief and then decided, yeah, this is how the world works. And so, you know, now we, <laughs> we share our belief. We share this belief no one's really lived it. No one's talking to anybody with any experience of it. And even if you say, well, I looked at the statistics, the statistics are this. So now your belief is that you are what the statistics are, you know? And I think when we start talking about dreams, we're obviously not talking about statistics. I mean, (laughs) if you're talking about dreams and you're saying statistically, it doesn't work out. Well, that's what a dream usually is. Statistically, it usually doesn't measure out because otherwise why would it be a dream it would just be something people do yeah you know what i mean (laughs) so 
Um, and these are, these are things they're like, so like they're they're inside of us and we don't even realize they're there. And it makes us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, it it is, it's, it's not comfortable things to do. We're not, and I think that's only because we're not in the practice of doing it. No, no, nobody really taught us to do this kind of stuff on our own to say like, Oh, Hey, like this thing that you, that you believe that's like making your life kind of difficult. Why don't we take a look at that? Right? Like, let's, let's figure some of this, like, we don't do that. No. You know, be, like, it's, it's in a, it's in a bit of a different realm, I guess, of education. But I think that's, it's something that everybody should learn to do and, and learn to embrace doing that because it doesn't have to be that painful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in, in my experience of having my beliefs challenged and at least being made to have a look at them is that, you know, it, it's usually actually a really, like it can be, it can, it does require an energy. I'm not quite sure exactly what kind of energy that is, but I won't say that it's difficult to do because there's something so extraordinarily exciting about it you know, like so exciting about when something comes your way, a question is posed to you or, you know, a a piece of wisdom is imparted upon you and it just makes, it it just makes your whole perception on a belief that you carried, whether you knew about it or not. And it makes you completely flip that thing around. It's, it's one of the most exciting things to ever happen to you. So it's, I, don't even be fearful of it. Like I know these questions, like, like there's resistance to it. I know there's resistance to it. When someone starts like throwing these things up at you and, and saying, it's like, okay, well, like, why aren't you, why aren't you doing that? Okay. You're afraid. Well, what, you know, like, why, like you go into that and you're like, you know, and it's all, it's all a bunch of nonsense in turn. Just know that your resistance to it is nonsense. Mm -hmm. That, that voice that is, that doesn't want to go there. I mean, as we've talked about to great length on here is just that ego voice Yeah, that is made up is basically made up a lot of those beliefs, right? As this, as part of its defense strategy against the world, right? It's like, okay, we believe this and we believe this and we believe this, and that's going to keep us nicely tucked away in our cell. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing is like, (laughs) It makes sense that you don't want to leave the cell because you're safe in the cell. It's like uh, if you ever uh, do any research on prisoners, when they have been in a cell for a real long time, they often don't really want to leave. They want to kind of stay because there's a consistency to it. There's a safety to it. And also, like, you're kind of protected from the outside world in your cell. At least you feel that way. Mm -hmm. And and how you feel might as well be reality in a lot of ways because as long as your reality is never challenged feeling safe feels a lot better than being in reality and realizing, Hey, maybe I'm not actually safe. So in some ways we want to maintain our own ignorance. So that's yeah. why I think we, we have resistance. Right? Absolutely. There's this, um, there's a great old, I think it's, a, it's like an old fable or mm-hmm. something about this, this group of people who lived underground, these people who lived underground for like generations. And one day someone finally like ventured out to the surface of the earth 
to the light and, you know, and the grass and like the trees. And they came back down and told everybody that this was out there and nobody wanted to go. Hmm. Nobody wanted to go there. No, and people just didn't want to believe them that this was out there. And, you know, part of the whole story was just that it's just like, it's all in, like, it, it doesn't make the, that whole world not true. Right? Like we have this resistance like, oh, that's not true. That's not true. Like it can't be, but it doesn't make it untrue. <laughs> right? Just because you don't want to believe it doesn't mean that it's not true. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, I think about, think about this thing is that with beliefs, it's, if you take on a belief that's different from what you have, you know, why, why, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, you might have to challenge, well, what would that, you know, what would that mean? If I, if I accept this belief, if I realize that the belief I've been living has been limiting me and actually causing me unhappiness and, and really destroying certain things like relationships and whatever in my life, what's the alternative? Well, in some ways you might go, well, I might lose friends. I might not fit in. I might realize that I'm not a good person, quote unquote, you know, whatever. Um, but you're, 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 that's, that's nothing to do with it, but you might start to deduct and put things together this way, which are also in some ways nonsense. In some ways they might be actual repercussions. For example, you know, I've realized in my life that <clears throat> one of the things that I've had, the, it's been a hard lesson for me to accept, but I've started to realize more and more as I get older that if I want to be someone who's growing and evolving and believes in personal growth and believes in personal development and believes in, you know, really aspiring to achieve my dreams, as wonderful as that is, and as, 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 great as those supporters of my life see it, there will be some people that that model will not fit with our connection. And I've realized that like, it's a sad, it's a sad moment because I realized, wow, there's some people who are not going to be at the end of this journey with me. They're going to be kind of temporary people who we work together now, or we've worked together for a while and now we're drifting apart. And I realized that, you know, if Um, if, you know, part of, I think having success and part of achieving your dreams is about having really high standards. And if you're hanging out with people that don't want to have high standards, I just had a, a a conflict with a, with a friend of mine the other day and we, or yesterday actually, and we were talking about standards and they said, you have such high standards and values. And like, I really respect that about you, but, but they just didn't want to do that. And they were like, they're like, I could see why it's good, but I'm just, they didn't want to do it. And and I was mm-hmm. like, and we kind of had a really emotional moment, you know, and we were like, we both kind of were realizing like, yeah, we might not really be the same kind of friends we've always been because for a period in our life, we, we aligned quite well, but like, you know, and, and it's not like anybody's wrong. And that was the beauty of it. At the end of the conversation, it was like, just kind of having a hug and like, you know, and, 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 and connecting and being like, you know, it's been a great run of like, you know, and who knows, maybe we still will be friends, but I think this is a scarier part about growth and evolution is that I, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to, I don't, I want to, I want to have friends for my whole life. But the other thing too, is they say the most important thing about a friend is that they align with your values. And I think sometimes, you know, not everybody is going to align with your values, but you know, 
Tony Robbins points this out. Other people point this out. I just say Tony Robbins because it's the first place I heard it. But you rise to the level of your peer group. And I think in most cases, most people who are around me, I want to be the bar that they rise to. And I, and when I get around people, I want to push myself to be around people who I have to raise the bar to. But if people don't want to raise the bar, if they want me to lower my standards for them, it's not going to happen. I won't do it. It's yeah. just, it goes against my integrity. It goes against everything. And this person essentially, this is part of why this conversation occurred is they wanted me to lower my standards. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I, that's not, I'm not okay with that. That like, and they could recognize that I would be lowering my standards and, and they recognized value in having high standards. And I said, do you see the problem? Yeah. And, and they understood. They said, I get it. And the thing is, is that would only build resentment on your part too. Right. right? So it's, it's, it was uh, an interesting, it was a very interesting conversation. My point is, as though that, you know, like part of my belief system when I was younger was like, Oh, well, if I have really high standards, I'll be alone. It's not true. You know, if you have high standards, you might not always have the same friends you always had. You might, if people have high standards with you, you'll probably be friends for the rest of your life. Um, you know, you and I, I think ever since I met you, have always had very high standards. It's why we've been friends for so long, I think. But, um, other people, uh, I've been friends with have not had as high standards. So in some ways, you know, we, we just grow in different directions, you know, but, um, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't think any, anyone has like, to be at a certain level. I think people just have to have the same values. Yeah. You know? But I, I, like to to dive into this a little bit more in terms of like what our top, to, our topic, our, <laughs> our topic today. Um, speaking of which our beer today, <laughs> good segue is, uh, is from main street brewing company. Nice. And this is called checkpoint. Charlie checkpoint. Charlie. It is a Berliner Weiss. So it's uh, it was a low alcohol percent four percent on this bad boy, but it's kind of tart and, and wheat ale ish, but pretty, uh, I had a sip of it before I came and I was like, Ooh, that's just kind of goes down real easy. It's very, it's, I find it to be very tart. I'm not usually, I'm not usually into the tart beers personally. Um, I've had tarter beers than this before, but, um, it's good. You know, honestly, it's not my favorite. I'll be honest. Um, just this, my personal preference, but, but I do, I do like it. I mean, I'm on my, I'm on my second glass of it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's not like, uh, you wouldn't know, necessarily I, go back to it, but it's, it's not, it's not my favorite, but, um, you know, I really do like a lot of the beers at main street brewery. Um, but I think, you know, if you like the tart beer, if that's, if that's what you like, and I mean, that's the thing about all this stuff, you know, is like it, I'm not saying by any means it's a bad beer it's for, you know, it's a good beer. And, and the you fact don't that believe it's a bad beer. I don't believe it's a bad beer. You just believe that it's not to your personal taste. It's not my personal, <laughs> it's not my personal preference, but I want to be honest too. I, you know, cause I, cause it's I, so do, important. I do, I do, um, enjoy a lot of what we have. And, you know, as we try beers that are out of our comfort zones and, and I mean, one day I might really like this beer, you know what I mean? And I don't want to, I, I don't like to be negative about anything. But, um, you know, I didn't like IPAs, you know, when we started this podcast, IPAs were like, I was like, ah, no IPAs. But as we started doing more beers, I started to enjoy IPAs more. And I've actually found that I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of into IPAs now. (laughs) So, you know, so it's all, I think it's all about where you're at. But, um, my, my taste change. 
Yeah, I'm tasting. Will grow as we've been discussing, mm-hmm. and to get back into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to touch on it, like this is the perfect example of like how, you know, how we form, you know, because we do we form beliefs so quickly, you know, like we we make we create a story around something so fast, and like with this story with with your friend, mm-hmm. what happened, and and you know you could. You know, especially like anybody who's had any sort of similar thing with a friend or someone who, you know, you've been close with for a while and maybe you drift apart or something and, you know, you can, you could easily make that about so many things. Yeah. You know, you will, like we automatically, we, it's, it is almost an automatic response. We, we make these things mean something to us, you know, as a way of trying to understand it. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but I think that what we've been talking about is being very conscious about the decisions we are making mm-hmm. as far as our beliefs go, because you can make this like, Oh, this, you know, this friendship fell apart. It means that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm someone who's not willing to, to compromise for somebody. And that means that I'm a selfish person and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And again, And now you've created this whole offshoot or, you know, you could create a different belief system because the thing is like, it doesn't, it really doesn't mean anything. No, it actually doesn't mean anything. It's just like, you know, okay, well maybe this is just like, we're, we're heading in separate directions and you know, maybe I'll see, maybe you don't, there's no, there's, there's no hard feelings, but regardless of what happens, right. That would be sort of the most neutral way you could, (laughs) you could almost look at it. But very often we start formulating these things in the background, you know, of, of it means this, or it means that. And it means that they think this of me. And it means that I think this of me. Right. And, and to let that go unchecked is, can be a very, very detrimental thing. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it's not, friend is such a general term. Like, I think that when, when you say the word friend, everybody thinks everyone knows what each other mean. But I think like friendship is, there's, there's such a, 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 a wide range of friends you can have. You know, you can talk about best friend, true friend, close friend, uh, acquaintance, you know, there's all these variations. So this, with this person, BFFs, it's yeah, <laughs> BFFs. I like to throw it in. Um, but, uh, it's not like we're not friends anymore. It's not like we're not, it's not like we're enemies or something. It's yeah. not like we don't get along anymore. It's just that I think what we, what we connected on was that we don't necessarily sh- share the same values around certain things. Um, you know, I'd say for me, like I have a really high standard on friendship because I know what it's like to be in a situation where you really need someone and then to think someone would be there for you and they're not. And I, I've, I've had an interaction with that. So when I am dealing with someone, when I'm really trying to see if I have a a really true friend for me, I want to know if there's someone that's going to be there. I want to know if there's someone who, when they say they'll do something, they'll actually do it. Because I think sometimes, you know, if your life is never challenged, if you never really face much adversity, you never face much challenge, you know, your friends are going to kind of never really be challenged as to how good of a friend they are for you. But when you're broke on, you know, when you're broke down on the side of the road and you, you know, you don't have any other options, you know, 
is that friend going to be able to show up and like help you change that tire or, or call someone or do something? Are they going to, you know, are they going to be the kind of person that's going to be there for you when, when, when the cards are down? And to me, I've just had that interaction. I know what that's like to be down and I know how much it means to have a real friend there and how much it hurts to have a friend you thought was real and then realize that they're not. They don't see the friendship that way. And it doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that I didn't ever check to see what kind of friendship we had, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm friends with both people, but, but you know, there's only so many people you can, maybe only so many you can count on your hand that you know, like, well, if, if times are tough or if I really ever need someone or this is the person that I want to build that really closeness with, they're the people who are probably going to show up for you, right? That's just something I value, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for for this person, I mean, they can recognize, hey, that's valuable. But then what does it take to be that kind of friend? You know, there's, there's, um, you know, you might not be so blasé about like, say, if you're going to do something or not, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, and, and I think that it's hard. Like when you, when you uphold people to a standard, they have to decide whether they want to live at that standard or not. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I, I personally like it when people hold me to a standard. When they say, you know, uh, when they actually raise the bar for me to be better, I like that. Um, you know, when people are like, I don't care. doesn't matter to me anyway. To me, I actually kind of see that as a bit of a negative because it's like, well, why don't you care? You know, I like, and, and maybe you haven't had the life experience where it would matter yet. You know what I mean? And it doesn't make you a bad person that you haven't. But where, where it comes down to me is like, like there, it's one thing if you say, if I break down on the side of the road, will you be there for me? And I say, yes, I will. But what really matters is that when it happens, I will. That's what really matters. Cause people can talk all day about what they want, but will they really do it when, when it matters? And you know, you, if you never face any adversity in your life and you never challenge your, your friends and you never, you'll never know until it happens and then you'll find out, but then it's too late. You know, what you want to do is you want to start you know, finding out now, like, for example, um, you know, you said Thursday we would hang out and then Thursday came around and you said, I don't feel like it. Right. So that's fine. That's, that's great. But here's the thing for me, you said you would do something. I was counting on that. And then you decided when the moment came, you didn't feel like it. So this is how, this is how I'm relating to our friendship. For me, it tells me that when you don't feel like doing something, you won't do it. So when you give me your word, you're, you mean one thing, but it depends on really what you're selling me is it depends on how you feel, you know? So my friend can go, I see that and I get that and I go, and I want to be the kind of friend that it's regardless how I feel, I'll do what I say. Or you say, well, it doesn't really matter. You know, like people just do this. And then I could say, okay, well, I don't want to build friendships where people just do what they feel. I want to build friendships where people say they do what they'll say. Mm -hmm. So it's a different standard. But then this person goes, well, I don't want to live on that standard. You go, okay, great. No problem. We're still friends. It's not like we're not going to hang out anymore, but now I know where we stand. You know, now I know how close I can be with you because the the friend who's going to be the closest with me is going to be the one that's like, you know, I say I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be there for you. And I'm not saying I'm perfect with my word, but that's why I want my friends to uphold me that because I want to be better with my word. I want right. to be better at that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's a belief system, you know, because, you know, part of my belief system could be, well, if I have too high standards, I'll be alone. No one will want to be my friend. That's a belief system I have to change. I had to change to some degree because, and I, and, and uh, actually working with Kat, um, on our personal session, when she, she, she pointed out to me, she said, 
Because at one point I said, oh, I'd rather be alone than, than live by this standard. And she said, yeah, but you're basically saying that it's either alone or this really low standard. She's like, don't you believe that people will want to live up to the high standard that you want? And I was like, well, that's interesting. Because if I want to live on a high standard, and, and I have good reasons for wanting to live on a high standard, there's probably other people out there who want that too. It's like, all we need to do is find each other. And I need to stop filling my space with people with lower standards because I'm scared to be alone. It was a, it was a really good mm-hmm. shift moment for me. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny cause as you're talking there, I'm like, and you know, cause there's, you know, there's a flip side to it too, right? There's, you know, there's probably people who are like, you know what? Like, I don't like, I don't want to be a person who like is like going to feel like I'm letting you down if, you know, I'm. I'm not in like the mood to like, like hang out and somebody who's going to, you know, just like be okay with that. Right. Like it's a, it's like just a different thing. It's not necessarily any better or worse per se. Right. But it's dependent upon who you are. Yeah. Right. Within your own integrity. Right. Like for someone like there could be two perfect, perfect friends who are just like, you know, that's cool. Right. Where it's just like, it's like, oh, hey, listen, I know you said we were going to hang out, but I'm just like, uh, I'm just kind of having like a day where I just want to chill, be by myself. And they'll be like, hey, no worries. Like, that's great. I'll go and do my own thing. Yeah, right? they're understanding. And they're and like, and it's like, and it doesn't make you a not understanding person. <laughs> but like, you know, that's like, it's, it's just like what you're, what you want from a friend is different. Right. Yeah. Where what that person wants from a friend is different from what you want right? And that doesn't necessarily make it any better or worse. Yeah. Just to play devil's advocate I on this scenario. I think that's a great point. I mean, for, for me, I look at it, I, and maybe this didn't come across clear, but I look at it a little differently. I look at like, there are some people where I'm, where, you know, I look at it, I go, I guess it's where I'm, where I go, where I'm a little bit more flexible, where it's kind of like, we don't know each other that well. We're, we're kind of becoming friends. And I'm, I'm going to allow them to be however they're going to be. You know what I mean? Like if they say like, Hey, you know, I just feel like relaxing instead or whatever. And it's kind of a last minute thing. You know, I might say, okay, well, you know, Hey, I was planning on us hanging out just so you know, these are the effects, but you know, I understand if that's, you know, but, um, and then they can, they can, they can sit with that. You know, as I think like, I think where it's out of your integrity is where you planned on hanging out with a friend. And then that evening, you know, you kind of made plans to hang out with that person. And then they said, last minute, they say, oh, well, I decided I'm going to do other things. If you don't tell them the effects that it had on your life, that, that like, hey, I was planning on hanging out with you. I kind of made time to hang out with you. Then they never experience what the effects are. But if you have two people who both kind of are very casual with their friendships, they're very like, oh, yeah, we said we'd hang out. And then the other person's like, oh, I don't want to last minute. The other person might just let them off the hook because they want to be able to be let off the hook when the time comes around. So they're, they're two peas in a pod. They fit really well together. And in, in some ways, you know, they're, um, they're, they both leave themselves out and that's kind of their friendship model. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, and and it's, it's higher standards. It's not say higher standards are better, but higher standards is to say, okay, well, I want, I want my perfect P for a pod is two people that keep their word. Yeah. You know, and it's not that we're better. It's just that that's how we want to build our friendship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not like I'm not going to be friends with the other people. It's not like someone's better than each other. But my point of the whole model, and this is an interesting little segue topic. My point of the whole conversation, though, is that I think sometimes when we, we believe that when we have higher standards, 
that there's something we're gonna have to give up. Mm. Like, um, I think that we don't sometimes do the things that we know we need to do because we're worried that if we don't conform and do what everyone else is doing, we're gonna lose something. Like, you know, like I think about peer pressure in high school, right? So, like really what you want to do is you might go, you might go want to be in the theater program or you might go on a, you know, um, I don't know, talk to the nerds, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and so you're worried that if you go and do this thing that you're going to be kind of laughed at or whatever. And so then you'll lose friends, you'll lose whatever. So part of your belief, you know, in this idea, and maybe that will happen, but but it's kind of short-sighted. You know what I mean? It's like a short-sighted belief. It's like, I don't want to deal with these consequences. So then I don't really do what I really want to do. I mean, I I did that. I, you know, for a period I wasn't in the drama program because, you know, the cool kids made fun of it and I was hanging out with the cool kids. So I didn't do it. And, and, and I look back and I go, I don't regret anything, but I look back and I go, if I was telling myself now, I'd say, don't do the, do the drama program because that's what you liked doing, you know? Don't, don't try and like be something other than what you are. Yeah. But you know, who knows at that t- point in my life, that was my value. Yeah. To no, fit it, in, so. It's, <laughs> you know, I, and you know what, like, I think it's, it's a good place to take a look at, like, especially somewhere like high school, you know, where so much of that is going on, where our, be- where we form a lot of our beliefs actually. Mm-hmm. And it's nuts when you let that kind of stuff go unchecked because it's like, you know, you find yourself years later, you know, graduated and like you've lawn, maybe you've begun a career or you've, you've gone through whatever and you're still carrying around these beliefs that you made when you were 15 years old. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like it's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, but I mean like, I, yeah, like just, I, I'm relating to what you're saying in, but in, in different ways, like I, in, when I was in high school, like I, I never actually felt self-conscious about doing drama, taking the drama programs, doing the plays. Uh, that was something that I, I, in my integrity, I love to do it. And I told people, I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm doing drama. Like I'm stoked. And, <laughs> and, and people really like got on board with that. Like right. it was like the, like doing drama was actually kind of one of the cool things to do in, in my experience of high school. Right. Um, but there were other things, you know, in so many other, other ways that where it was like, I was trying to fit in with the cool crew, you know, like in, in the way that I felt I needed to be with them. And then at the same time, even through the school itself, you know, like I, I got really great grades in, in school. Um, but it was, it was always something it's just like, okay, well, you know, I need to get good grades because, you know, that will, you know, that will basically like pain, pain avoidance and pain management, right? Like it keeps people off of my back. People don't bother me. It frees me up to do like other things you and were, I don't have you to were, be, you had a currency out of getting grades. Yeah, I had a, yeah, it was, it was a total, it was an absolute currency. That's, it's really <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic that you said that because I did, I used it as a currency mm-hmm. or it was like, I got good grades. So leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like yeah. I can like, like don't bother me. Right. Let me go and hang out with, with my friends and whatever. And, and, um, 
but then at the same time, yeah, it, it created a certain sense of, of entitlement that didn't exactly apply when I got out of high school. And I remember you sharing some stories about that. Yeah. Like, I did everything right. I did everything right. And, <laughs> and that was in, and that was within relationships with girls that I liked as sure. well. It was like, but I did everything right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you didn't do what you wanted to do mm-hmm. other than the drama. Like I always did the drama when I was in, when I was in school, loved to do that and always made time for the good friends that I had made there. But you know, there was, there was lots of things where I just let that slip. Yeah. I let that slip because I believed that they were things that I had to do. Well, you know, your, your struggle that you're sharing right now is, is I think so poignant because I think so many people struggle from that. And I'm sure I have, and I can think of ways in which I have, but believing that there's this right way to do everything. And then if we just do everything this way, everything will be okay. Right. And then, you know, people are finding out the hard way that no, it isn't working that way. Like people are going to university, getting their degrees and they're realizing I got my degree, right? I should get a job, right? It's like, well, here's Starbucks, here's a coffee shop, you know, and you can work there. And it's like, but I have a degree, you know, it's like, and the thing is, is that we're, we're kind of taught to believe that if we just follow the model, you know, and we just trust the model that it'll work, but it's, you know, that's, that's part of the problem. I think that's what I was bringing up in initially in this conversation is that we're sold that bill of goods. You know, you were sold that bill of goods that if you got your grades, did the right thing, treated the girl the certain way that everything was supposed to work out. That's what you were sold, you know, and, and then you interacted with reality and, and you were someone who experienced it and you went, wait a minute, I did everything right and it didn't work out this way. Yeah. But one of the beautiful things about going through all of that though, yes, is that you, it does bring you down to your core right. or at least a certain element of your core. It's like, okay, I've been doing everything that I thought I was supposed to do. I did everything right. I did everything as I was told to. I did everything as I was supposed to. And this is what's happened. Right. And so, and and it's not working for me on one level or, or another either, you know, because there are, there are people who, you know, if you're talking about the educational system, you know, they get out of school with their degree and they can't find a job or maybe they do find a job, but now they're actually doing a job, doing the job and they go, I hate this because <laughs> they never, because, because you didn't stop to think about spending the rest of your life doing this thing. Yeah. And now you're like, I can't say, so like it comes up at some point or another, you know, where you have, like you, this is, we talk so much about integrity, about being authentic and living in your truth. Mm-hmm. And it, and it applies to every aspect of your life and you'll be confronted with it no matter what, no matter what happens. So that's, you know, that's kind of the gift of when sometimes you get handed this thing where you're just like, this is so shitty. Yeah. It's actually a huge gift. I it's mean, a huge gift. It's an absolute, because, you know, it gives you the thing. It's like, okay, hold on. I did everything that was supposed because the thing is, I think that now, especially more than ever than it's ever been, people aren't looking for someone who's just going to do it right. Yeah. Who's going to do it correct. Who's people like outside the, you know, think outside the box. People always say, well, this is that's what that, that means. Like, you know, everybody, there's so many people who knows how to do it right. I think now more than ever, people are looking for someone who is creative, 
mm-hmm. in a way, who, who, who is bringing something fresh, a new idea into the mix. And you can't do that by always trying to do things right. Well, here's the fundamental problem with doing it right. It presumes that there's one way to do it. That's right. Creativity says there's many ways to do it. And you just choose which one you want to do. There's, there's many different options. So the, the, the problem with do it right model, which we're taught in school is that there's one answer that's right. And every other answer is wrong for a lot of our education. Mm -hmm. Creativity says, no, there's lots of answers that are right. Which one do you want to go with? You know, which one do you go with? And, uh, and, and creativity, I think it builds self-esteem. It builds confidence. It builds freedom, builds options. Um, and, and do it right. Kills self-esteem, kills options, kills confidence. And basically you do it your one way. And if it doesn't work out your one way, then you're like, now what? It was supposed to work out this way. I don't have any yeah. other options. <laughs> I put and, all my eggs in that basket. And the thing is, is that like what happens when there's not a clear answer to something? Right. Right. That's where creativity actually comes That's into place. That's where the creativity comes in. Because it's like if, you, if you've always been just trying to do everything right and suddenly there's not a clear answer, you're just stressed out to the max. Yeah. Like you, because you can't get it right it's actually impossible for you to get it right. Like, like you're going into unknown territory, you know, that's where the cre- where creativity comes from. It comes from an unknown territory and, and, but that's how, how breakthroughs are made. That's how mm-hmm. we come up with new ideas and bring new things into the world is through that process. And sometimes it means falling flat on your face, but don't believe that that makes you bad, that that makes you stupid, that that makes you incapable. It doesn't. It actually just says that you're a daring person mm-hmm. who's willing to try it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think, um, I think we need to be mindful of our beliefs when we do believe that there's one right way, that there's some answer and like anything that's like a one size fits all model. I think that's when we really need to question it because that's probably really limiting us. I think, you know, what, what would be good, you know, and I, I really would think education models kind of need to move this way. Whereas, um, we're taught and we start to adopt the belief and it's really critical thinking. It's that there's many ways to do the same thing. There's many ways to go about getting the same goal that you want. And there isn't one path to follow. And in the standardized school system, at least traditionally, they want you to follow that one path because it's very predictable. And they know that if if it's a well-worn path and everybody does it, they can funnel enough people through and they can basically have enough of their workers available and that there's, you know, um, a lot of supply, you know, and that's what industry wants. It wants a lot of supply. So let's supply the world with workers, you know, so if you follow the worker path, the do it right. You'll, you know, for most people, it will probably work out, but then, you know, like more and more recently, it's, it's that it isn't working out for everybody. Like it used to be, you used to be able to go to college or university, get a degree and you would get a pretty decent job. Now it's actually the reverse. Now it's like a few people who go to university and college will get a good job. And I'm not saying that university and college isn't a good model, but I'm saying that if you believe it's the only way, and if it's not really like if it's not really like what you want to do and, and, um, you're doing it just because you think 
you know, it's the right fit. And it's the only fit. I mean, you're basically kind of gambling a little bit, you know? Um, so I don't know these beliefs, right? Like, you know, there's so many people like, in, I remember studying this in, in, in uh, psychology in university and we were talking about why do type B personalities tend to succeed so much more than type A personalities. A type A personality tends to be someone that dots all the I's, crosses all the T's, and does everything right. A type B personality tends to be a lot more um, kind of free thinking. Uh, they're a little bit lazier. They're a little bit more like they wing it, you know. Um, but they tend to succeed, I think, because type B personality relies more on creativity. Um, and that's why they succeed more financially and in business and, and whatever. Whereas type A, you know, people could say, well, pe type A succeed, but type A gets in a very kind of, generally, gets in a very confined box because everything is, is about crossing a T and dotting an I and doing it right. Whereas the type B person goes, well, I don't necessarily even know what the right way to do it, so I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> they're kind of like, they don't even know the right answer, and in a way, by not knowing it, they're not confined to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and they're open to a new possibility. Yeah. To come to them, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, um, okay, beliefs. I don't know. They... Beliefs. <laughs> beliefs. Beliefs. What do you, you want to wrap this up with? Um. <laughs> All right, I put no, it on it's... you. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. I'll, I'll, see, I'll wing it. I'll wing it. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what's going on. No, this is, uh, this took a very, this is a very introspective, very, in another very intense sort of conversation, it seems to be, although not so, it hasn't been a not so serious Sunday today, <laughs> which is still always very serious. We got serious at times. We, we lightened up at yep. times. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, this is such a big subject and one that I'm sure we will be revisiting in one form or another, but, um, yeah, like for me, it's, it's, I think the big, the big takeaway is, is like, examine those beliefs. Like, take a look at those things. You have them. <laughs> yeah. You have them. You have tons of them. You have millions of them. <laughs> and they have a profound impact on your life. And they can be limiting you. And I don't mean limiting you in like some egotistical sense of like success as in like, Oh, all of the, the fortune and fame and blah, blah, blah. That's all actually kind of inconsequential when it comes down to, to happiness. You know, that's, that's the big thing. It's like, what are the, what are your beliefs that are preventing you from being happy, which are causing you discomfort in your life? And whenever you come up against one of those, say it's like, okay, what, what is this about? Why is this making me unhappy? Hmm. Okay. All right. So this is making me happy because of this. What is my belief surrounding this that might be making me unhappy? And then just, just take, take a little bit to, to investigate into that. It's worth it. It's worth doing. Uh, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be a scary thing. In fact, it's, as I said earlier, it's an extraordinarily uh, enthralling and exciting thing to, to engage in when you make the decision to really engage with it and say, it's like, oh, okay, why do I think that? And know that it doesn't actually really mean anything about you. 
you know, we, we talked about that today as well. And I think that's also really important. It's like, it doesn't mean anything about you. Like that's like somewhere along the way that happened. You formed this belief. You didn't know better at the time, but now this is about learning yourself better, getting to know yourself better mm-hmm. and being able to make more conscious, productive and joyful decisions for your life moving forward. That's good. Uh, I was, I mean, I was going to start off the same way. I was going to say challenge your beliefs, <laughs> but, um, you know, this wasn't something we necessarily really talked about, um, per se, but I, I think that, you know, if you're going to change your beliefs is I think what, what you want to start with is accepting that you don't know everything you think you know, because the moment you know something, you've kind of like put that in its own little box and you're like, okay, I know that. And I'm just going to rely on that. But there's a lot of stuff that you might not know. And if you believe, you know, it now you're building your beliefs upon a pillar of something you don't actually know. So you kind of need to go back. And, and what I did was I just said, okay, I don't really know anything for sure. And it was scary because you go, well, I don't know anything. I don't know if this person's my friend. I don't know. Like, I don't know anything. I don't know if this is all just a dream I'm in. I don't know anything. I questioned everything. And it was a kind of a scary place to be in because I, I was almost in kind of a, almost a spiral in a way, like kind of going, whoa, where am I? But it was a really important step because I started to realize that I don't need to know stuff to be okay. And I think that we have a lot of beliefs because they create security and a sense or a false sense of security and a false sense of safety for us, but they create that feeling of safety and security. So what I'm saying is, you know, when you're challenging your beliefs, like just first start with like going, okay, maybe I don't know this thing for sure. And then start from there and then go, well, like, you know, and, 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 and get curious about it and, and like venture into it. And it might feel like you're moving backwards at first, but I think ultimately you will free yourself. And I think that your beliefs are what stop you often from being as creative as you could be. Because I think being really creative is about having options. It's about freedom. It's about not being tied so much to so many things. Um, I think beliefs can get us so restricted, you know? So I think by releasing some of those beliefs temporarily, you can at least start to explore your creative freedom. And then you might discover, oh, wait, I still believe this, but actually this other thing I thought I believed I don't. But right now, it's kind of like you can't tell up from down because there's probably so many beliefs in there that are things you think you know that you don't really know that are actually holding you back. So you kind of got to let go of them all and then choose the ones you want to believe in again, but choose them not because your parents told them or your teacher told them, but because you find a value in yourself to believe them. So that's, that's, that's what I'd leave everybody with. Beautiful. And I did. (laughs) (laughs) And he did. Well, until next time, this is the B&E podcast. That's a good one. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.